Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here with the first NBA podcast of the season. It is our NBA preview of the Eastern Conference. We're going to knock out each of these teams today, go over uh, some changes with each team, how they're looking from a DFS perspective. And we're going to do the same tomorrow with the Western Conference. So we will post these uh, Saturday and Sunday. And the NBA season starts Tuesday. So gives all of our listeners and our members a chance to take in sort of how we are looking at this NBA season prior to the start on Tuesday. First of all, real quickly, if, uh, if you're new to DFS Coach Talk, and this is the first time you're checking us out, um, we are a DFS provider. We've been around for a little over a year and a half, uh, and we are growing rapidly. We have a tremendous membership base, and our feature sport is the NBA. Um, my background in starting Coach Talk uh, was with basketball my entire life, playing, coaching. I was fortunate enough to coach the Cathedral Prep Ramblers in 1996, uh, against Kobe Bryant and Lower Marion in the Pennsylvania State Championship game, which Lower Marion did beat us by six, but uh, just one of the feature games that I was able to coach. Did win a state championship in 93, by the way, but uh, great stuff and got to know tremendous people through the years in basketball. Uh, Donnie Nelson, who was the GM, longtime GM for the Mavericks, John Beeline, a great coach that was at Lemoyne, Michigan, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, not to drop a bunch of names, I, I could go on and on, but just have had a long career. I guess that just means I'm old, <laughs> but uh, have had a lot of fun in basketball throughout the years in all different uh, roles and, and positions. And uh, now with, with Coach Talk, I'm able to bring all of that uh, here because – I love DFS. I've played it since day one. Uh, I'm a professional DFS player. I do that for a living. And uh, I connected with Andrew Hansen, who has uh, those that do watch the podcast for the last couple of years. And we did a few years of NBA podcasts before starting Coach Talk. And then we've been doing them ever since. So uh, we've been at this for a while. We have a process that we go through. And we create uh, what we feel are the best opportunities for our listeners and our members uh, to win. And that's what it is all about. And we teach a coach talk process as well, um, because I think a lot of people without question that come into DFS uh, have a tendency to play those big Millie Maker contests, the big GPP contests. And you're going to find yourself reloading one time after another after another. Uh, we really try to focus on a strong piece of your play being cash games, double ups, 50-50s, some head-to-heads, and then some single entry GPPs that have better, flatter type uh, payoffs. So we, we really do preach that and teach that because we're looking for our members to make long-term uh, success and, and growth in the, the money that they've put into it and not having to reload. And we do have some tremendous members uh, that have been with us since the since day one of Coach Talk, and some of them have never 
truthfully never had to reload. So, uh, you know, we have some of those members that are willing to share that information. If you come aboard, uh, they're more than willing because they've done so well uh, with Coach Talk. So that is sort of what we're all about. Uh, that's how we got started. And uh, I've spent a tremendous time because I'm one of those people that I think scouting and watching the games are the most important thing. Uh, we're certainly not uh, a philosophy of dump everything into an optimizer and just blindly follow what the optimizer says and max ent entry things. That's that's not what we're all about. I don't think that that's the majority of what DFS players do. Uh, I think most DFS players are somewhat limited budget to where they want to play some specific contests each night and try to build a bankroll. And generally are doing that by building lineups by hand. Because, you know, number one, if you just dump it into an optimizer, you're going to have same lineups as everybody else. Plus, that doesn't tell the full story. And again, what we do here is we build uh, lineups by hand. We talk about those uh, players on every podcast. We do seven-day-a-week podcast in the NBA. And then we provide lineups for our uh, members in our Discord. So if you do want to become uh, a, a member at Coach Talk, go to DFSCoachTalk.com. You can sign up as it scrolls across the bottom. You can sign up for as little as three days for $10, or we have a multitude of memberships that you can choose from on our website. Uh, but what we do is in, in Discord, uh, we will give a core group of plays or a clipboard, which will give you some highlighted players and some other uh, choices to choose from on DraftKings, uh, because DraftKings uh, does not allow full lineups to be shared. So we follow those guidelines very carefully. But we do uh, give full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo, and we're doing uh, both a cash-slash-hybrid, which our hybrid is uh, generally a single-entry GPP, and then we'll give a secondary lineup uh, of a GPP for those that do want to play uh, the, the bigger uh, contests and you know what I call somewhat the lottery, but uh, you can play them and you can win them. We have taken some of them down but you want to build uh, the bankroll in, in those cash and hybrid contests. So that's what we're all about. And you'll get a lot of information every day from us. And, you know, for me, I've watched so much basketball. I, I challenge anybody, and please post in here if you have, but I've watched uh, so much basketball, uh, even more so than I, and I ever have. And I used to watch a ton of it, but we had, you know, when coming back from COVID and everything, uh, people working from home, just it, it just allowed more time to watch. And uh, I've always felt that that's the key anyway, but really watched a ton of the Summer League, a ton of the Olympics. We provided for both of those, by the way. And then, of course, all of last season and the playoffs, which we provide for. So if there's NBA, uh, we provide for it and we're watching it. And what we're looking for is, you know, not the general things I think that most people are looking for. Most people, when they're watching a game, are following the ball. They're seeing where it goes, where the shot goes up, does it go in, who gets the rebound. What I'm watching is who's moving without the ball, who's hustling, where's the defensive side coming from, how's the coach reacting to that. When there's a substitution, you know, what is the – 
the body language of the person coming out of the game? What's the coach's aspect to how he's reacting to all of that? And even the bench players, what are they doing? Who's into the game? Uh, who's sulking? You know, we're looking for all of those angles because, you know, everybody else is watching a jump shot go in the hoop. Uh, I want to see who's working their ass off to get that offensive rebound or tap or put back or who's busting their tail to block out and who's the coach recognizes is getting those things done. Cause those guys are going to get extra minutes. And to some extent in DFS minutes equal money. So we are going to, you know, count that in there. If they're getting the minutes and opportunity that does raise, uh, you know, the probability that they're going to do well. Um, and you know, then we're just, we're going to look at all of the pieces of the game like that, including with the statistics. Now, we don't just say old school, we're going to, you know, who's playing hard, we're going to play them. Of course not. You know, you want to be real successful in DFS. You do have to follow some of the analytics and the statistics. And we drill down and drill down. We, we look at statistics like uh, defensive real plus minus. You know, where do these guys rank? Because that has a lot to do. You know, if you've got a small forward you're looking to play and he's going against the best defender against small forwards in the leagues great fade spot etc so we're looking at all the statistics analytics we're doing a little bit of optimizing on our side as well and then putting all of our coach talk knowledge and watching the games into play and building lineups from there and at sometimes we'll have very close rankings on guys and we'll we will create or build uh, two or three lineups it just depends on the slate and the amount of contests and the competition. So that gives you an idea, and I just really wanted to get that out there, and I appreciate everybody that's listened into this and saying, where's the basketball, Coach? I'm going to get to it right now, and tomorrow when we do the Western Conference, I will not give you this uh, song and dance going in, I promise. But it's important. If you're going to invest money or time or you want to win at DFS, you don't want to just blindly go in there and try. You need to know what you're doing, who you're dealing with, what their thinking is, and that makes a huge difference. And it gives you an edge right off the bat. Uh, you know, I mean, let's face it, there's basically 87% of players in DFS reload. The other 13% are the sharks that just eat up, uh, you know, all those, all that money. And we, we're in that 13% and we want to bring you into that with us. All right, we are going to do the Eastern Conference. What I'm going to do is go through each team and briefly discuss their death chart a little bit. What's changed, who we see that is, we've got a big circle around before the season starts that we really like, you know, which teams are have decreased that we don't like as much as far as the players individually go. Again, this is all based for DFS points and, uh, you know, how they'll do in these games. So, all right, first team, here we go. Philadelphia 76ers. They were first, obviously, last year at 49 and 23. Doc Rivers is their coach. And, of course, the big news there is Ben Simmons. Who the hell knows what's going on with Ben Simmons? He's now reported to the Sixers. They really don't want him. A lot of bad blood, a lot of feelings back and forth. Is he going to play? Are they going to trade him? Nobody knows the true answer to that. And, you know, we're three days out from the beginning of the season. So, uh, you know, your guess is as good as mine as far as that goes. Uh, I just don't see him being, uh, 
a member of this team. I really don't. But that's how I'm going to you know, predict it for now. And if he is, uh, I'd really be surprised because there's a lot of burn bridges between management, players, etc. with Ben. So I'm looking at it from, you know, is it Shake Milton or Tyrese Maxey at the point? Um, there's a pretty close competition there. They'll probably split a lot of minutes. Shake's coming off a sprained ankle that caused him to miss two of the, the last uh, preseason games. Maxey's played well. So definitely looking at Maxey as a, a lower price guy early on. And then we'll see how everything shakes out, no pun intended, with Milton and uh, and then Ben Simmons uh, as well. Uh, you're going to have Seth Curry probably in there firing threes. Not a great DFS player all the way around, but when he gets hot, can definitely contribute. Danny Green still playing, still not contributing much on the DFS side. Tobias Harris, of course, solid, and Joel Embiid going to be one of the higher-owned centers when he's going against a team specifically uh, that doesn't defend real well inside. And even if he does, uh, still going to be highly owned. Definitely an MVP candidate and a guy that we're really high on. Interesting this year, though, they did bring Andre Drummond in to back him up. So does that you know take a little slice off of Embiid? You know, I don't think it really does. Embiid's a superstar. Uh, and the nice thing is, you know, he's always going to sit out games. He's going to be dinged up. And when he does, you get a, treat, a cheap Drummond and he'll be chalk. But we'll take him on those games because, you know, he can, you know, Drummond can go 20-20 if he has, uh, a, you know, gets the minutes. He's just that talented. He's just never been able to fit in anywhere. Uh, but this role as the backup to Embiid could be great. Don't let it scare you off Embiid, though, early on because he's still a stud. Other than that, just a lot of bench guys. Uh, you know, they, they brought in Georges and Yang. They still have Thibel, Cork Moss, you know, nobody that's a big impact. All right. We're going to go to team two that finished last year in the Eastern Conference, 48 and 24. We know Steve Nash is the coach. And we'll go from one basket case in this Simmons scenario to another with Mr. Kyrie Irving, who has disclosed he's not been vaccinated. Uh, the Nets have determined as an organization that they will separate with him until he does get vaccinated. They're not going to allow him to go to practices or play in games on the road where he would be able to play. You know, New York does not allow any, uh, you know, buddy to play if they are in a situation like that with several people. Uh, so he's, he can't play there, but they just made a decision that it'd be too much of a distraction. So, you know, what is Irving going to do? Is he going to get vaccinated, report to the team? The Nets could trade him uh, where he could, you know, play most of his games and not be vaccinated. Uh, or, you know, does he just sit out the year or retire? He says he's not retiring, but we'll see. So we're going to go forward with the Nets preview here with no Kyrie. Obviously, you've got two super studs that are going to be highly owned on most slates, and that's James Harden and Kevin Durant. Uh, can't deny either one of these guys. Durant is on an absolute high, man. He's For his age, the way he's playing right now may be close to the best he's played. I mean, he carried the U.S. Olympic team on his back to win gold, and he's just playing fantastic basketball. I mean, that game he had in the playoffs, even though they got eliminated, 
was just, I mean, it was like watching a Jordan or a bird or, you know, the guys I've been able to watch in my career in the playoffs uh, in my, you know, basketball life. And just to see those, those type of dominant performance and Durant was right there. So yeah, Durant terrific this year. Harden, especially without Kyrie is going to be a son of a gun, man. He's going to be a monster. Um, other than that, normal starters, guys, you can spot play, I guess, Josh, uh, Joe Harris, who's had a good three-point shooting preseason. They brought Patty Mills in. So I love Patty Mills coming in, especially with, with Kyrie not playing. What a fantastic ad. I mean, he'll get quite a few minutes uh, backing up Harden, uh, getting guard minutes, and just a solid veteran, perfect fit for the Nets. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, luckily, was able to come back after his short retirement last year because of a heart ailment that has now been cleared by the doctors. So he and uh, Griffin, Millsap, Claxton all share some of the big minutes. Not real interested in those guys early on just because of the splits. Um, other than that, you know, you're going to get some Bruce Brown uh, and not a whole lot. They brought James Johnson in, DeAndre Brem Bembry, but they're not going to get a lot of minutes. So of course, you'll have Bing, Harden, and Durant, uh, and they should be highly owned on a lot of slates. Uh, you'll get some cheap some cheap Joe Harris, Patty Mills, maybe a little L LMA and uh, Griffin at times. So we'll see how that goes. All right, the team that finished third last year and won the championship, the Milwaukee Bucks, 46-26. and 26. Mike Budenholzer, of, Co of course, Coach Bud, was able to get this Milwaukee team to the promised land with a little help from somebody named Giannis. Um, they are looking good. I mean, you still have DiVincenzo out, but they were able to win it, win it without him. Uh, they did bring in Grayson Allen. I think he's going to probably start at the two uh, with DiVincenzo not ready for the season. Uh, they, they sent Bryn Forbes back to the Spurs, so... Uh, you'll get some Pat Connaughton off the bench as well. But I think Grayson Allen will be a nice little surprise guy that you can work into your lineups that'll be pretty cheap. But you're still going to have your big three, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and that little guy named Giannis. Uh, those three guys, phenomenal, you know, on any given day can do terrific, uh, terrific job. Now, Coach Bud is not a guy to overplay minutes on his guys, though. He is not a DFS friendly coach he will give days off to his guys he'll split some minutes and he has some good veterans on the bench you know George Hill who's been around forever and done well and Pat Connaughton like I mentioned uh, Jordan Awara a, a rookie guy that's coming up that's shown a lot of uh, promise uh, Thanasis Giannis's little brother and of course Brooke Lopez will be in there getting minutes, and, of course, Bobby Portis, who had a nice playoffs. So they have a lot of depth, and they will use it. Um, you know, I'm not saying that to scare away rostering Bucks guys. Uh, certainly not really stackable, though, in my opinion, on most nights. I don't stack much in basketball anyway. I think that's a bad strategy. It's great in other sports like baseball, football, etc., but in basketball – you know, you try to go a little too deep on teams, uh, it, it can be tough. You know, you, you can go at, you know, possibly at times play uh, Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis all together, but that's in a game that you have to expect would stay close, be high scoring, 
that'd be about the only scenario where you really can't stack. But those guys, tremendous on any given night. I'll tell you, in the preseason, these last two games I've seen Giannis, absolute monster. He looks in better shape to me and just keeps getting better every year. Uh, he looks phenomenal. I, this could be one of his best seasons, and that's saying a lot because he won the MVP twice. But he just looks stronger and better. His 15, 18-foot jumper looks smoother. His foul shot looks better. As long as he keeps within himself and not shooting a bunch of threes, just stays within himself, I think he's going to be fine. And I think that he's going to be a guy that, I'm, you know, of course he's always very highly owned. I faded him a lot, though, last year because he was always the most costly. Uh, they don't play him massive minutes. But I think this year he gets an uptick. I really do. He's he's playing that good in the preseason and physically looks that good. You would think a guy won a championship, he'd, he'd sort of take a little bit of time off. But the fact that Greece didn't make the Olympics and he didn't have any summer things to, to have to deal with, he lifted, he worked on his shot. And that dude is a driven individual. He is one of the most uh, driven in, in the league, and I really respect that. So uh, Giannis, definitely. Big news there. Mark that down. Coach says Giannis is awesome. You know, you're not going to get that take anywhere else. <laughs> All right. We're going to Team 4. Would you believe it's the New York Knicks? People don't realize that the Knicks were the fourth seed last year in the Eastern Conference. Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau old school our favorite DFS coach in the league. Let's just say it. He plays guys so many minutes, it's not even funny. So when you play your Knicks guys, you feel great because they may play close to the whole game. That's how Thibodeau is. He was coach of the year last year, deservedly so, taking that Knicks franchise that's been in shambles forever and getting that fourth seed and a home court in the first round of the playoffs. So uh, that's a fantastic thing. Now, can they repeat it this year? They were 10 games over 500 last year, as I mentioned, at 41 and 31. And I think they can. I, I mean, I think they can be right back in there if they stay healthy. Uh, watching these preseason games, Derrick Rose looks like, you know, a bit of Derrick Rose of the past. He's playing really well, very free. They added Kemba Walker, which, you know, he's not going to help them certainly defensively, but Another veteran guy, you know, with Rose in that backcourt that can do a lot of damage. They re-signed Fournier, uh, a shooter, signed him, you know, to come aboard and, and really, uh, you know, handle the three because that's going to be their main threat with threes. R.J. Barrett has been getting better every year. Julius Randle, obviously, an all-star last year. You know, the center position is a bit of a question. Thibodeau loves Taj Gibson. People questioned when they brought him in last year. The guy ended up starting uh, a lot of games, and he's the probable starter for game one of the season here. But Mitchell Robinson's back. He was injured for a while. Nerlens Noel missed the entire play uh, preseason, but should be back. So not really interested in that mess there. Uh, Randall, always a great play, uh, backed up pretty much by Obi Toppin this year, who had who seems to be finally bringing it together a little bit after being picked so high uh, the year before last. So uh, he may get some minutes off the bench. Uh, other than that, though, it's, it's you know, the guards, getting some of these guards in there uh, minutes-wise will be interesting because Emmanuel quickly uh, is a nice young player uh, that needs some minutes. But you're going to see a huge 
workload uh, between R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Fournier, Walker, Rose. Now, Walker, I you know, don't quite trust on the big minutes, and I know you know Thibodeau's going to probably have to find a way to treat him differently on the minutes uh, because I don't think he, at his stage with his injuries that he's recovered from, really can play that big of minutes. But always good to have a Nick in there each night because you know you're going to get your money's worth uh, as far as playing time. All right, we go to Team 5 from last year, also 41 and 31, <clears throat> and seems to be a team really on the rise. It is the Nate McMillan-led Atlanta Hawks, uh, really starting to look like a team to be reckoned with in the East. And I think with the pace that they play at, uh, a good DFS team uh, going into this year with a lot of good targets. Trey Young, obviously, uh, has taken his game a bit to the next level. I think that he's, you know, if he can cut down on turnovers, uh, I think he really could be a real prime target uh, at point guard for the majority of the year in DFS. Bogdanovich and Herter uh, will, will split some time at shooting guard, and I think, you know, you'll see Reddish playing a little bit more. They also picked up DeLon Wright uh, and Lou Williams, so they have a lot, lot of depth at guard really only comfortable with Trey in, in those spots. A couple other guys I really like. I'm a big DeAndre Hunter fan. I think that if they would have had him in that playoff run healthy and able to play full minutes, they may have advanced. Uh, and he's that good because he plays both ends. He's a, an emerging offensive player and a defensive stopper. So big fan of his, definitely going to be using him. And he's usually priced fair enough. Um, John Collins, who was rumored to be leaving like 20 times last year, he was in every trade rumor, uh, supposedly he and trading get along, all this stuff was going on. He has signed a, a longer term contract and is looking good and should be a solid play. Again, a guy that can explode on any given night, usually use him more in GPPs because there are games that he seems to take off a little bit or get in foul trouble a bit. But maybe he takes it to the next level this year, certainly has the physical ability. I don't know if you look up John Collins. He had a dunk in the preseason. I'm telling you, it's, I would say, top 10 all-time dunks I've ever seen. He went up so high. He got a little push, I think, from the guy below him. But check out John Collins uh, in the preseason, the dunk he had. So physically, yeah, just an absolute beast. Uh, center wise, Clint Capella, you know, I mean, the guy, he gets rebounds while he's uh, taking a nap. This guy, you know, he had those strings of 20 rebound games in a row with Houston and then Atlanta, uh, you know, offensively, he's not in a, involved a lot, but he does get some lobs, a lot of putbacks. Uh, certainly a guy, if he's priced right is always a great play and it looks like, uh, Gorgie Jang will back him up. So uh, Jeng's always a great play. If call if Capella sits a game and Jeng's going to get a start, he always takes advantage. He's sort of like a Boban kind of guy. When he does get the minutes, he produces. So somebody to keep an eye out there. But a lot of depth, dangerous team. Jalen Johnson, the rookie, nice young player coming in as well. Uh, but, you know, it's mostly going to be about Trey Young, uh, John Collins, Clint Capella, and then if you you know you pick 
Bogey or Herter or specifically DeAndre Hunter on the given night, they can really do a good job for you. All right, we go to the Miami Heat. They were sixth at 40 and 32. And for my money, pound for pound, I will take Eric Spolstra. I think he is the best coach in the NBA. I love his, just the way he handles his team, the discipline that he supplies to a team, but not in a way that smothers them. They feed off of it. And he's, they brought in players that are Spolstra players. I mean, Jimmy Butler cannot be a better Spolstra player. Perfect fit. They even brought in P.J. Tucker this year. Same thing. Kyle Lowry, same thing. I mean, look out for the Miami Heat, man. They they made the best moves, uh, you know, with grabbing Lowry. I mean, that is such a terrific move. They are dangerous. They are in every game. Kyle Lowry's a terrific play. Tyler Hero has pretty much been, if you had to name an MVP of the preseason, I think it would be Hero. He has shot the eyes out of the hoop, and he had a terrible year last year. So whatever, you know, if Butler got in his ear, somebody did, because this summer his preparation has been phenomenal, and he has come into the preseason looking like a really big part of this team, and that's exactly what they need. Uh, You know, they got rid of some of the guys, uh, so they lose a little bit of that uh, depth but I'll tell you what, Hero's going to get big minutes, even though he's off the bench, and he's a great rosterable guy that you can get cheap, especially early uh, in DFS. So love Lowry, Hero, Duncan Robinson. You know, sometimes it's it's three dependent. You know, if he hits, which he normally does, five, six, seven threes, sometimes you can sneak by. Now he's not going to get a bunch of the other peripheral stats. He is a bit scoring dependent for sure. But I think you'll see a little bit of a rise in his DFS average. He has definitely become an adequate defender, which he was poor coming in. And, you know, I think you're going to see him grabbing a few more rebounds, doing a little bit more off of the ball. And he's going to get big minutes. That's for sure. Jimmy Butler, always a great play. I mean, you got to follow the news with him because he sits out games. He's takes, you know, games where he's with family. I mean, he consistently misses some games, but when he plays, you're not going to get a better effort from any individual in the NBA. I'll just, I'll say that right on record. As far as blood and guts, Jimmy Butler is going to give you everything every minute he's out there on the court. So he's always playable, especially teams that don't defend the small forward position well. Butler will always be uh, a strong play. Now, at the four, it's going to be a mixed bag of tricks. You know, P.J. Tucker, who's not very rosterable DFS-wise, he is a guy that will play a ton of minutes, you know, do all of the great stuff that a coach loves, but not a DFS owner because he's not going to get you the numbers. Uh, So, you know, they they added Markeith Morris. They have KZ Akpala back. Those guys are all going to get some minutes. Uh, nothing DFS-wise to talk about. The guy to talk about is Bam Adebayo. I think he had just an average year last year. I like the makeup that they have here now with the players that that they have at the bigs. I think he's going to have a monster year. I'm expecting him to be a really great play on a night-for-night basis. One of the best big men passers in the league. Nobody's as good as the Joker maybe all time. But after the Joker, there's probably 
three guys, maybe two, three guys, and Bam's one of them that is just an adept passer. So you can get 20 points, 14 rebounds, and seven assists, and three blocks from Bam on a given night. And I think he's he's going to be highly owned a lot. But you know, it's you know it's tough at center. You know, when you're having a look at Embiid and a Joker and, and these guys, and you know, Bam gets overlooked at times. Now. The dual ownership uh, spots, FanDuel has been showing that in preseason, uh, and if and that will be unveiled on Tuesday. You can get Bam at a power forward spot, which is awesome. So you can so that type of having the dual positionality for Bam is going to get him a lot more ownership, especially on FanDuel, uh, DraftKings, and Yahoo. He'll he'll be able to fit into to multiple spots as well. So Bam, a big plus. Uh, Butler, of course, but I love Lowry and Hero. This is a good team that's going to do well in DFS this season. All right, we go to the Boston Celtics. Big, big changes in Boston. Of course, everything switched coaches and upper management. Danny Ainge retired, moved a bunch of guys out. Uh, That 500 season just wasn't good enough last year. I'm at Oduka is their new coach. Oduka, yes. And I'll tell you what, you don't might not know much about him. He coached uh, on the the staff with Pop at San Antonio as an assistant for six years, uh, and then he, he was on the Boston bench last year. He is a big dude. I, I guarantee you, uh, if there were fight a fight between coaches in the league. He would be ranked number one. I would not want to fight this guy. He is a big, strong, in shape, younger dude, and I, you know, we'll see how he coaches. I, other than the fact that he's from the pop tree of coaching, uh, I don't know a whole lot about him. And we're going to all learn together. I think he's sort of the new guy in and the wild card coach. Now, as far as the Celtics go, you've got Dennis Schroeder coming in at the point which is going to be a big change for them. I mean, he passed up a $72 million contract with the Lakers to take this one-year deal with Boston. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think he's got to be regretting that, but it is what it is, and we'll see if he's going to play. So that motivation to get that big contract could be there, and I think Schroeder's a nice play to keep an eye on this year for sure. Then you've got, you know, question mark, Marcus Smart, Josh Richardson, Romeo Lankford going to get some minutes. Peyton Pritchard will get some. So there's some guard depth there. Nobody that dives out at me right away in DFS. Smart will get you some per, a ton of periphery stats, but, you know, sometimes a little overpriced. So we'll keep an eye on him. Uh, you got two guys from Boston. They're always super high owned. Uh, you know, usually you got to pick one or the other. If it's a smaller slate, you can go with both, both, but it's Brown and Tatum, you know, no, no, uh, mystery there. Uh, Tatum having the edge, uh, cause Tatum can put incredible numbers up on the board all the way across the board. Uh, really a positionless player that I've seen guard everybody from the one to the four. And, you know, if, if he had to, he probably could guard a, a smaller five. He's, He's that good of a, a player all the way around. Uh, so Tatum and, and Brown going to be on everybody's list on most nights. Uh, Schroeder may take a, a smidgen of that offense, uh, so we got to keep a close eye there. And then as far as the other bigs, you've got Robert Williams, who's going to get a chance to 
get more minutes. And then they brought back Al Horford. So uh, that will be interesting to see how many minutes he gets. Uh, after that, you know, Wancho, Hernan Gomez, Grant Williams, some depth. Nobody that's really going to scare anybody. Also, Ennis Canner is still there uh, as well. So I really don't want anything to do with any of those guys. Uh, for me, it's all going to be about Schroeder, Brown, and Tatum, uh, especially starting out. All right, we've got another team here with a massive amount of changes. The Washington Wizards, who finished 34 and 38, made that play-in. They were in the play-in uh, tournament, and they gave the guy that was filling in, uh, Wes Unseld Jr., they gave him the full job, which it was well-deserved. I thought he did a terrific job taking over for Scotty Brooks. I don't think Scotty Brooks uh, is that good of a coach, to be honest with you. So, uh, good to see what we'll see what Wes is going to do now. Uh, as far as changes, Spencer Dinwiddie back after missing last season uh, will uh, definitely have the point guard spot alongside Bradley Beal, who has always been rumored to leave Washington, but is now vowed uh, you know vowed to stay there. Um, so uh, that's going to be interesting to see how he takes over again, possibly without Westbrook there now. And then they brought in some of those Lakers in that deal for Westbrook that are going to get minutes. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma ha has had a decent couple of uh, preseason games, so stock is up on him a bit. Uh, and then Rui Hashimura coming back uh, for another season has shown consistent improvement. Uh, then they've got... Uh, three guys really at center. Uh, Thomas Bryant's not ready yet. He was out all last year with a knee. He'll be back at some point this year, but it looks sort of like a timeshare at center with Daniel Gafford and Montrez Harrell. So we'll see how that goes. So uh, very interesting. Don't know what to expect from the Wizards uh, that much this year, other than, you know, Beal's a super stud, super high price usually. Uh, Dinwiddie definitely has the potential to get some damage done. And we'll see. Maybe this will give Kuzma a chance to finally step up and be the player that a lot of people thought he could be, uh, you know, for quite quite a bit of his career in the L.A. All right. We go to the Indiana Pacers next. The Indiana Pacers with Rick Carlisle, ex-Mavericks coach. I'm not a big Rick Carlisle fan. Good man. I'm glad that he brought Dallas a championship, but just don't think he's the best coach. I know he gets respect in the league, but I don't like his coaching decisions on the bench. I don't like his rotations. Uh, he never wins any challenges. He mismanages OT, uh, timeouts. So that's it. I don't want to trash him that bad, although that's trashing him pretty bad. So I don't know how much of an upgrade that's going to be for the Pacers. We will see. They were 34 and 38 last year. And again, the big news last year was was all the injuries. So it's you know if they can put together together a healthy season, they have a phenomenally talented uh, roster. So we got to see how that goes. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, I love just all around great player. Uh, he's been dinged a little bit injury wise, so maybe lay off him the first week of the season. Let's make sure he's healthy. But certainly a guy that can can do some really good things. Uh, Karis Levert's still out with his injury. He, he'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, TJ Warren's out. <laughs> so they are starting banged up again. But uh, but again, the depth is there. I mean, they have TJ McConnell at guard, 
Chris Duarte, the rookie, who's had a really good preseason, he'll probably get some minutes in there. Then they have some vets like Torrey Craig and Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday. Those guys are all going to play minutes, but it's hard DFS-wise, and Carlisle likes to rotate guys. He's not a massive minutes guy for his players. So really it comes down to the two bigs. You know, Malcolm Brogdon when he's healthy, for sure, and then the two bigs, you know, Sabonis, who should be one of the higher own, you know, four fives uh, in the league because he just does everything and he does it well. He's just a DFS, you know, joy at times the way he plays. Miles Turner, who had an off year and had an injury year, uh, will will be back uh, and is playing from from game one. So certainly a guy on a given night, Turner can bring down a slate for you, but some inconsistency there. Uh, so you gotta you know you gotta watch that. But really, it's all about Sabonis for me initially, and Brogdon when he when he gets healthy, um, and then we'll see as the the season develops and Levert and eventually Warren, if he does come back, you know, then their, their rotation is going to continue to, to move around. So we're going to have to keep a close eye on that. I would not put a ton of stock in the Pacers early on though, beyond Sabonis really, because you know, the adjustment to Carlisle, the adjustment to the injury guys and everything going on from there. All right. We go on to the, the team, the last team that made the play-in tournament last year in that 10 spot, the Charlotte Hornets. They are coached by a guy that I think is a good, solid coach, James Borrego. He does a nice job with, with the players. Players like to play for him. Uh, and this will be an interesting year for them. Um, not a lot of upgrades for the team. Uh, you know, uh, they, they let Graham go. And, you know, it looks like it's going to be all LaMelo ball you can eat. He's going to be in there a ton. And he's a statistical guy that you got to watch for. Now, his shooting percentage needs to improve just a bit. And he needs to not turn the ball over as much. But other than that, he's an outstanding player. He'll be backed up by Ish Smith, which was a nice veteran pickup for a backup point guard. Terry Rozier, uh, solid year last year, plays both ends, great player to play on, on a given night with good matchups. Gordon Hayward coming back from an injury-riddled year again last year. Still a young guy, though. I mean, he still can play. He's got years ahead of him, and when he's healthy and playing, he is a playable commodity, especially if his price is right in DFS. They did add Kelly Oubre, so we'll see you know, if he's healthy and how he's going to fit into the mix. Uh, that could affect uh, Hayward a bit. Uh, we'll see how that goes. It may also affect the next guy I'm going to talk about, and that's Miles Bridges, another freak athlete that can jump out of the gym. Showed a lot of signs of improving at the end of last year. Uh, definitely could have a little bit bigger role this year and somebody to keep an eye on. He can disappear in games, though, so we got to watch him closely. Uh, same thing really can be said about P.J. Washington. Uh, I remember one specific instance last year where we used him. We took down a, uh, a tournament. He had over 50 fantasy points, and then he played the next night, and he played like 30 minutes and had six fantasy points. So if that's not volatile, I don't know what is. But PJ is definitely a guy, uh, you know, in out. We'll see how that goes. Uh, the center they brought in was Mason Plumley, uh, who will get, you know, good minutes at center. Solid rebounder, 
on a given night, you know, not a bad play against a team that doesn't uh, rebound well. He's, you know, he can have those big 15, 16, 17 rebound nights. So uh, not a not really a target, but a guy uh, to keep on the radar. Uh, after that, you know, Booknight is a nice young player that they drafted. James Booknight, I think he's got potential. They have Cody Martin. They let Caleb Martin go. So the Twins are, are split up. But Cody Martin's there. He'll get decent minutes off the bench. Uh, you know, Jalen McDaniel, McDaniel's an up-and-comer as well. Kai Jones also. But really, it's going to be all about LaMelo Ball. And maybe sometimes we're going to take looks at Rogier Hayward uh, in specific uh, matchups. All right. We go to the bottom four. The Chicago Bulls, who I predict will make the playoffs this year. I like this Chicago team. I think they are one of the most improved teams in the league, in my opinion. Billy Donovan's there. Uh, he brought in a couple of guys that uh, really, I think, are going to make an impact here. And I'm, I'm excited about this team. Lonzo Ball being the first one, I think he really needed to get out of New Orleans. I think this is a good, fresh start for him. Uh, he's going to be the point guard. I mean, they have handed the reins to him. So he's a playable guy. Zach Levine at times had just monster games last year. Certainly always a threat. However, with the addition of the other two players now that are, you know, DeMar DeRozan, who didn't, you know, his new addition that they got in the offseason, great, you know, add there. And then uh, Vukovic, who came in at the end of last year, you know, now that he's in the system there, he's an all-star as well. So the question is, you know, I think Levine backs up a slight bit from the DFS standards because DeRozan and Vukovic are going to take some of those shots. But, you know, with Lonzo Ball, uh, you know, leading the show there, I think they all can eat on certain given nights. And those guys are all top-notch. Those four guys could all make a lineup, not together, obviously, but you're going to have to pick and choose one or two of them in good matchups. Uh, but outstanding players. Uh, other than that, you've got, you know, a, a young guy, Patrick Williams, who really was consistent last year out of Florida State. He's like something stupid, like 20. I mean, he's a baby and he's got, you know, a full season under his belt. He's a guy you can get really cheap. He, he made my lineups a lot last year as the last guy in as a cheap cost and really helped. He'll throw 25, 28 fantasy points on the board on certain nights. So I think you've got really solid team there. The backups, Kobe White will be, you know, backing up a bit. Alex Caruso, who they brought in, uh, you know, he seems to be fitting into that culture there. Uh, real good hustle guy that the Bulls needed. Uh, love DeMar DeRozan's leadership, though, too, coming in as a veteran. I think this team is dangerous. Um, and, again, I like the DFS potential with Ball. Levine, DeRozan, Vuk, and even Patrick Williams on a given night. So definitely a go-to team for me. All right, how about the Toronto Raptors? Very bizarre last year. Not sure why they never traded Lowry. That never made any sense to me. Uh, they, you know, he, he knew he was going to walk at the end of the year anyway. Uh, so we're, you know, anyway, that they, they are where they are right now, and. You know, there's some potential there. They have Nick Nurse as their coach. They were disappointing 27 and 45 last year, which was really shocking uh, to, you know, when they had Lowry and Van Vliet in that backcourt. But 
they just couldn't get it together. And it wasn't all their fault. You know, they were stuck playing in Tampa because the, the COVID stuff getting into Canada for Toronto. So it was just a, a mess. I think they will rebound and be a little better this year for sure. Whether they can crack the playoffs in a really tough Eastern Conference. This this Eastern Conference is better than I've seen in quite some time. It's more competitive. And I think you're going to see a real race uh, trying to get in those last playoff spots, even for the play-in tournament. Um, but Nick Nurse, great coach, obviously. Championship under his belt. Has some strong players here. They brought in Goran Dragic, who said he didn't want to play in Toronto, but he's there and he's probably their starting point guard, which is really bizarre. Uh, he will more than likely, you know, he, Van Vliet, um, uh, Malachi Flynn, who I think has good potential, will all get minutes. Gary Trent, who they brought in in that Norman Powell deal last year, uh, certainly will get big minutes. So those guys will will all share the spotlight with Van Vliet being, you know, the star there. I think Van Vliet is going to be the guy that you're going to want to uh, own on most on a lot of slates. Uh, OG Ananobi, let's talk about him. That's a guy that I was not sold on until the last later part of last year and then in this preseason. That guy has raised his game. We know he's a defensive stopper. We know he's a freak athlete, can jump out of the building. You know, if you remember, he had that crazy three-point shot uh, on the buzzer with like three-tenths or maybe six-tenths of a second left in the one game uh, last season. And I'll tell you what, he seems to have confidence and he's shooting the ball better. He's going to be a sneaky play that I'll be using a lot uh, this season and unless his price gets silly. Scotty Barnes, their top draft pick. Love this kid. Raw a little bit yet, still has some growth. He's going to turn it over, make some mistakes, but great potential, great attitude. Uh, and I think he's going to be a really nice player. I think it was a great pick. Uh, Pascal Siakam, who's dealt with some injuries. We know his potential. Uh, he did show a few cracks in the armor last year, so we need to see him healthy and participating uh, at the level that he can. Um, as far as the bigs, it, it really comes down to a couple of guys. You've got Chris Boucher who had surgery here in the preseason, so he's going to be out for a little bit. We know that he can be a DFS, you know, just destroyer at times. So we'll wait till he gets back. But it looks like it's mainly going to be Precious, Precious Achua, who came over in that Lowry deal uh, with Dragic, and Kem Birch, who they did sign, which you know he was playing as an add-on last year. So Achua and Birch, uh, you can get you know either one of them probably pretty cheap early on. Guys that we can keep an eye on, uh, especially until Achua or until Boucher's back. But it's all about Van Vliet for me and Ananobi at a good price uh, initially. All right, we're down to the last three, and I have not taken one drink uh, of my tea. I'm going to do it now. Can't make it all last three. Cleveland Cavaliers. 22-50. and 50. Larry Drew is the coach. Now, I love the NBA and the coaching trees and these guys. You know, Larry Drew, you look at his lifetime coaching, he's 50 games under 500 as a coach. I it, And yet they still, these guys just retread constantly in the NBA. Now, I like Larry Drew, great guy. I remember watching him play for the Atlanta Hawks way back in the day. We're talking Turner Sports when it first came on the air. 
he was part of that really good team, if you remember, with Dominique Wilkins and Roundtree and, and Tree Rollins. Anyway, Doc Rivers was the point guard on that team too. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I'm rooting for him. Cleveland has been a mess for a long time. Uh, but they made, they've made some really good picks and some good trades. And they've built a team that's making sense at least. So, you know, there are given nights. They're not a good defensive team. Uh, but, you know, it's certainly a team that we can defensively attack. Now, you know, I for the last two seasons, really, since Garland and Sexton have been there, they have ranked the lowest backcourt in defense uh, as far as real plus minus in NBA history. So, yes, you can attack the Cleveland backcourt. Now, it was dead last all times when Porter was still there because he's not a good defender. He's now with the Rockets, though, because he lost his marbles in Cleveland. But uh, Garland and Sexton on the DFS side, you can play them, especially, you know, it's always great when you can, you know, take a guy against a team. And a lot of times I will take one of the guards against Cleveland and then come back with either Garland or Sexton. You know, if the game stays close and they get big minutes, it can really pay off for you. But those guys are going to get the majority of the minutes there. But they did bring in a veteran, Ricky Rubio. He'll get decent minutes. He had a great preseason. Uh, he'll be, those will be the three main guys uh, at guard with all the minutes there. On a given night in the right matchup, they're playable. Isaac Okoro, uh, great defensive stopper, learning to play the game offensively. Not a super DFS contributor, but I think he's getting better. A guy to keep an eye on. They did bring in Laurie Markkinen, who we know isn't a good defender, not great on the court, not awesome in the locker room, according to what I've read as far as just, you know, aspects of the game. But he's a decent DFS player. He can shoot the ball. When he gets hot, he's going to make some threes. We need to see what his minutes are going to be like because they have committed to these two guys at the bigs. They're going to go 4-5, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. So they're playing basically two bigs. And they feel Mobley, their top pick this year, super young, Super raw, but man, does he have potential. He made some plays in the preseason that just blew my mind, blocked some shots, uh, you know, finished some things. He's a guy to keep an eye on because he's going to be super low owned. And I, and they're committed. They want Mobley and Allen to learn to play together. Uh, they could be pretty dominant in the paint if they really get it going. Uh, so, you know, for me, on a given night, a Garland Sexton, one or the other, and certainly looking at Mobley and Allen as one or the other being uh, very playable there. Uh, I also think, you know, we just need to see how the rotation goes here. They still have Kevin Love, not very playable, but he's going to be cheap. Lori Markinen, Jetty Osmond. We know some of these guys that are their bench can step up, uh, you know, when guys are out. So uh, definitely a team to watch as far as, being able to get some cheap guys in there to make your lineup work. All right, Orlando Magic. We have two teams left. They were 21-50. and 50. They have the new coach, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Mavericks homer, but Jamal, uh, Jamal Mosley has been an assistant with the Mavericks for quite some time. One of the most popular assistant coaches, if not the most popular, most popular in the league in his time here in Dallas, and... He, you knew he was going to get a job. I thought he was going to get the Mavs job, 
but he got the Orlando job. Great spot for him. Bunch of young players, lots of building to do, but they have some terrific pieces. Uh, they were able to pick Jalen Suggs where they got him. I thought was a steal. I thought I think he's a terrific player and he's going to be a good all time uh, long term NBA player. So I think Mosley will do well with him, and you'll see improvement. I watched two full games of the Magic in the preseason, and just like I expected, guys love to play for him. <clears throat> he's a real player's coach, but he knows the X's and O's as well. So I think he's going to do well there. This team's going to feed ar- around him. He's got a youngster in Cole Anthony, his second year, partnering with Jalen Suggs, his first year. They're going to be terrific. A veteran behind him of, of Gary Harris and and R.J. Hampton, another super young, talented guy, and maybe a little MCW with Michael Carter-Williams when he gets back from injury. Then they have uh, you know, Ch- uh, Chumo Kiki off the bench. Terrence Ross is the only guy that doesn't seem to fit here. I think they'll eventually move him before the trade deadline. He's the only veteran that's sort of there for no reason. I thought they'd move him last year. But unless for some some bizarre reason they look like they have playoff potential and they're winning games, uh, they'd keep him. But I think he'd be the first guy to go because the rest of the team are super, super young. Uh, they made a fantastic move in picking up Wendell Carter Jr., you know, a terrific player out of North Carolina that just didn't get in the flow with the Bulls, just didn't quite fit. Uh, they just signed him to a four-year contract. He looked phenomenal in preseason, and it looks like, and and I I hope he does it. He did it in preseason, but he played Carter at the four with Mo Bamba, another guy that is a DFS plastic player when he plays. He never seemed to be able to get enough minutes. He was playing behind Vuk, which is understandable, but this is the time. Bamba's been there now four years, I believe. It's time for him to play, and he's a shot-blocking shot making you know inside player he can shoot the three he gets a lot of rebounds Mo Bamba is a big target for me and he's going to be low owned a lot because of so many good centers but if they're playing Carter at the four another great player to look at uh real interested in that Carter Bamba combination I think those two along with Suggs and Cole Anthony uh on a given night can do some real damage and then they have the Wagner brothers, Franz Wagner, who they took very high in the draft. A good all-around player. I think he's definitely better than his brother Mo. Uh, he's a better defender, can guard on the perimeter. He's pretty big. He can shoot the ball. Uh, you know, I think he just he's a little raw. He needs a little bit more time. But uh, for now, you know, we'll see. I think they'll improve. And again, you know, it's not going to be an easy win, uh, you know, like they were last year with their 51 losses. They'll be better. All right, last team, last place, Detroit Pistons, 20-52. and 52. Again, a team that has a new outlook. They had the number one overall pick. They were able to get stud Cade Cunningham, who looks like a lock for a really solid NBA long-term career if he stays healthy. Uh, you know, they're going to be better. Dwayne Casey, the old... Coach of the year from the Raptors still there. Uh, he, you know, somehow withstood the worst record in the East last year to maintain as the coach. But they do have some young talent. Uh, Sadiq Bay, great pick last year, played well. Jeremy Grant, who really came over and it increased the level of his game. 
I think he's going to have a solid season. Isaiah Stewart, who they got rid of Plumley to open up the door for Stewart to start at center. He's a little undersized, but he plays his tail off. He rebounds. I really like Isaiah Stewart. Another guy uh, that I want to work into some lineups uh, specifically as a cheaper, uh, you know, option. Uh, Killian Hayes, who's, you know, uh, learning the game, getting better. Uh, he's got high potential. And then after that, you know, they brought in Kelly Olenek, Trey Lyles. They still have Josh Jackson, Diallo, Diallo, who can jump out of the building as a guard off the bench. Uh, but really, I think it's going to be all about Cade Cunningham. I really think he's going to be a go-to guy for them. Sadiq Bey is going to be a, a good score. He was a good scorer in his, his rookie year. Uh, and then Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart uh, should be good plays on specific nights. Grant was a little overpriced at times last year. But again, I you know it's not a team that you got to fade. There's some players on this team uh, on a given night, especially Cunningham, uh, Bay, and Grant, I think that can really make a difference. So that is it, my friends. I We have gone through the entire Eastern Conference. Uh, I don't know if who all is stuck with this. My goal is to try to do it in an hour. It's been an hour and one minute. So that's pretty darn good. I'll take that. So I hope you really enjoy this. I hope it sets the stage, gives you, sinks in your brain a little bit before we're talking prices and matchups, just to get an, you know, a look at where are the teams how did they finish last year? Who are the coaches? And what are we looking at? So uh, this should give us a good head start going into the NBA season. Tomorrow I'll post the Western Conference uh, review exactly the same as we did today, but not the intro like I did today about Coach Talk. I will cut that piece out and we'll try to keep tomorrow's closer to about the 45-minute mark because I know everybody's busy. It's hard to listen to some of these, but Hopefully you can listen to them on your way to work, at lunchtime, whatever you're doing. So really hope this helps. Really hope you'll, hope you'll consider being a part of DS, DFS Coach Talk. We would love to have you join us. If you're watching this on YouTube, what I'd really, really appreciate, I waited all the way to the end to say it, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, give me a little comment about what you thought about this breakout. If you have any questions, if you agree or disagree, Love to get any comment. It really helps with the algorithm when we get the combination of the thumbs up, the subscribe, and the comment. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. Also, hit the little alarm bell in the upper corner. That lets you know when any DFS Coach Talk podcast posts. And we're doing an NBA podcast every day for every game. Uh, we're doing a D three D uh, NFL podcasts per week with our superstars. And our NFL, Andrew Hansen, uh, Joe Stanton, and uh, birthday boy, uh, Josh Crash Davis. Those guys are, are doing some great podcasts there. We also have a weekly PGA podcast. Our guys are kicking butt again this week that Andrew and I put out there every Wednesday. So we would uh, love you to hit that alert button so you can catch a lot more of our podcasts. So thank you for listening in. I hope this gives you a big head start. And tomorrow we'll certainly look to go at it again when we look to crush it in DFS.